Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Go In Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts, and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan, and I'm Dean of the Chapel here at Houghton. I am privileged to share with you each weekday during February, March, and April, so each day that we have classes in session. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro, we are sharing texts from our college lectionary, which is simply a collection of texts that we use at morning prayer and afternoon prayer each day on campus and encourage others to be reading uh, with us. Um, The texts are always themed around us or have a specific theme for each week. And so this week's theme is reconciliation, uh, today being Monday, March 22nd. And so through this week, we'll be looking at texts related to reconciliation. And as always, we have a psalm, an Old Testament, and a New Testament reading, and I'll provide just a little commentary on one of those passages. So today's texts are Psalm 80, 1 through 7, Jeremiah 31, 31 to 34, and Colossians 1, 15 to 23. And I'm going to read the text from Colossians today. Speaking of Christ... He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled uh, in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. So, I just want to focus on verse 20 here, that through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. There's a very challenging verse. Uh, to some, it seems to almost hint at universalism, right? To say that, that uh, through, through Christ, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things. Um, you could certainly make a reading of this text to say all things means all things. And I say uh, it's almost there because I... I I don't think we can faithfully go there when we consider the whole witness of Scripture, right? It doesn't that that reading of this text wouldn't fit with the rest of Scripture, um, and there are some scholars who don't even think that's really the meaning of, of this text at all. That um, it talks about things that are in earth and in heaven, and and kind of posits a kind of assumed exclusion of those uh, from those things of people who uh, oppose the will of God, and I suppose that's that's possible. Um, but, but I do, you know, I, I want us to lean into the discomfort of this text a little bit because, uh, you know, 
it points us to the radical nature of God's grace, right? That, and that God's grace is powerful enough to reconcile all things to himself. And that's, you know, that's not to say that God would disrespect a human's decision to walk apart from him. Like, I think that's very consistent with the nature of God, that he would allow one who is determined to walk apart from him, he would allow him to walk apart from him. But nonetheless, to realize the power of God's grace, it's not that God's grace is not capable of reconciling all things to himself. The grace that God has might extend a little bit beyond the parameters that it's comfortable for us. And while I don't want to go into full-fledged universalism by any stretch, I do want us to consider, like, the fact that God's grace is extended not only to people who neatly fit the categories that I have for them. And we can see this, right? Like, you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he's now reconciled in his fleshly body through death. Like, we, we read that and we're like, okay, yeah, that's us. Like, we, you know, we were once estranged and we were once hostile in mind and God brought us close. But when we consider the people with whom we are still estranged and hostile in mind, it sometimes cuts us a little bit that God's grace is extended to them. Like, you know, you think about the people that you argue with on the internet about whatever you argue on the internet about. You think about the people who are on the wrong side of various culture wars. To consider that the grace of God is freely extended to them. And that God's grace in them certainly would result in transformation, but it might not result in transformation that makes that person look and think and act exactly like you. But instead, that there may be grace beyond what we initially, beyond who we initially think it would be extended to, and that might be extended in a different way than we think. I'm really glad that this passage is in the scripture, and I know, again, that it does sort of push us a little bit, um, but it reminds us of the power of God's grace. Often, you know, often grace and truth are kind of pitted against each other in a way that sort of you know, everybody recognizes that grace kind of has its limits and has to lean into truth. But this text sort of pushes us out a little bit into the, the strength of grace, the reality and the enormity of it. And if we're genuinely interested in reconciliation, and I, I say that maybe with a little more cynicism than I might have said it a year ago, right? Like you walk through COVID and you begin to think, do people really want to be reconciled to each other, right? Uh, it's, it's very easy for us just to go on in the camps that we're already in and not be real interested in reconciliation. Just be interested in people who tell me that I'm already right about the things that I'm feeling. Um, but if we're genuinely interested in reconciliation, we have to let that discomfort of grace do its work. We have to really begin to consider that God's grace might be extended to people and in ways which challenge us. God, we thank you for your grace. When we're honest, we look at it in our own lives and we are stunned that you could reach out to us and heal us, bring us this far, and promise us life with you. We pray, God, that you'll make us not stingy with your grace as we think about reconciliation with others. We think about your desperate desire to reconcile yourself to the world, which resulted in you giving your son. Even perhaps knowing that the whole world would not be reconciled to you, but still you gave freely a gift for all people, whether or not they would accept. And we pray you'll fill us with your heart, your generous heart in that way. Help us to be people who give and give, people who uh, lean into reconciliation even when it's hard, and people who extend grace in the way that you extend grace. 
We ask this through Christ. Amen. Well, everybody, it's good to have you back here this Monday, and we'll look forward to talking to you tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.